When people hear that we do online business, they immediately think that we sell websites. Like, you, we are web designers for hire. Yeah, what? pretty much. That's always what they think. Yeah, and, and I mean, I can't fault people just because what we do is so weird. And if you don't know what we do, listen to previous episodes. We cover it a lot. But it is a kind of a strange business model when you compare it to, like, the normal ways of making money online. Right? I think so. So it should come as no surprise that I often will have people ask me, hey, can you build a website for me? And I usually will say no. And I mean, I turned down a lot of business. Like I've, I've turned down numerous websites over the years. I only build websites for a select few people and it's usually extremely expensive. And we're going to talk about that in today's episode. Do you wish your life away waiting for Friday? Do you dread Sunday nights and Monday mornings? My wife and I have spent over a decade building an online business while raising a family. I quit my cubicle job to live the life I wanted, to experience freedom, and we want to help you do the same. We're Chris and Laura. Welcome to Fearless Together. Okay, so why do I turn down so much business. I know, that's money, right? Exactly. And that's what I think a lot of people think. Like, well, that's crazy. No, why would you ever turn down a customer? Like, you got money. Yeah, that's money on the table. And <laughs> Actually, yeah. Somebody asking, like, hey, can you can you make me a website? Or, or if you got an email inquiry about it, it's so fast that you're just like, nope. Yeah, I'll shut it down usually immediately. And a lot. So there's a few reasons, right? Firstly, I know that people grossly underestimate how much a website costs. I would not be surprised if a lot of people are like, I'll give you a hundred or 200 bucks to build a website. It's like, I would not touch, build, yeah. <laughs> touch that job for a hundred or $200. Um, but additionally, um, it's a lot of people also don't know what they're getting into when they want to build a website. Like a lot of people think like, Oh, it's going to be great. I just want like a website. And then they're like, you get into the project, you like, firstly, you establish a price point that they're comfortable with, which is usually not nearly enough money. <laughs> right. And then they like lay out their vision and they're like, I want the website to start with like an, an opening animation, you know, bright bursts of light and then maybe some music playing in the background. Definitely music. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, and like they, they like lay out this very, very specific vision and then you're like, no one will like your website ever in history or in the future. Like that, like, like it's like, not going to work. Your, your vision is not what people want in a website, you know? And, and so it's, it's always hard to have those conversations with people, it, like trying to like guide them on what is, I don't even want to use the word realistic. It's just people hate some of that stuff. They don't want a clunky animation. That makes the website super slow. Yeah. And they don't, they, could you imagine being in an office and you're like kind of just, you know, putzing around on the internet and you're like, oh, I'm going to go to that website. And then all of a sudden like music starts blaring out of your speakers oh, or something. No. Yeah. Like there's just so many things that people don't consider with web design and building websites and things like that. So typically... Um, I shut it down early because the person isn't, they have no clue what kind of budget they really should have to get a website. Um, they will usually have completely crazy, unrealistic expectations of what their website can and should do. And then the upkeep and the maintenance of the site, a lot of people don't realize what goes into it as well as like support costs. And when you kind of factor all of this stuff together, 
what you end up with. Like when I can build a website for myself really cheaply because I've been doing it for like over 20 years now. Like I know the ins and outs of putting a website up online. I can handle all of like the web hosting and yeah, and you can do like you can do it in like two hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can I can put a website up very quickly, and I know all the server stuff. Like it's just that's kind of, that's my wheelhouse. I know that stuff. But a lot of people, because I make things look easy, they think that it should be cheap. Like, well, it only took you two hours to put the website up. Why would it cost over a thousand dollars or whatever? And it's like. Because you're not paying me for the two hours that I put up the website. You're paying me for the 20 years that I've been learning how to do this stuff quickly and efficiently. And um, so it's not just that. It's also all the things that all the tools that you've purchased that you you implement. Oh, yeah. Building a website like there's we've spent thousands of dollars on like. WordPress plugins. And- yeah. I mean, for just a standard WordPress website, it's like, oh, that theme that I put on your website would cost you like $130. Oh, that plugin right there would cost you uh, $90 a year, but I have uh, a lifetime license because I spent $1,500 on it. You know, like, it, yeah, there are a lot of things that people don't consider. And, um, and that's all value that's getting added in when you're doing this, this work with me. So I will typically only work with clients that I know, firstly, don't really care about budget and like that (laughs) right away. That takes a lot of people out of (laughs) that. takes a lot of people out of the running. Um, so I usually only work with clients that don't care about budget who want things done properly and who, um, are realistic. And it, that really narrows the field down a lot because I've learned this in business. And I, I mean, I, I learned, I see this lesson played out almost every single day when I'm negotiating with people and stuff the lowest paid or the lowest paying clients tend to be the highest maintenance clients. And that's why I make it um, kind of a point to make my prices expensive so that I weed those people out because when uh, any, like there, there are times where I'll be working with a, a client and if they don't care about price, so like they are willing to pay above market for something, then they typically are able to like create or provide much higher quality work because that means like the people that are working for them tend to be getting paid well. So they have really good talent on their side. So if I'm putting up a site for them and I'm like, okay, I need, you know, your bios or I need your, you know, I need some content to put up on the site. I get like really high quality content from these people because they're paying their writers the way that they're paying me to work on this website. Right. You know, and anytime that I've worked with low paying clients, they usually have crazy high expectations, but all of the people that are working for them or working with them are also being paid poorly. So they're turning in mediocre work. So all of my deliverables that I get from them are terrible. That It ends up being stuff that you end up having to edit, which you should never be doing as like a website builder. Exactly. And I know in, in some cases they wanted you to do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. They've wanted me to make the, the content and stuff for them. And it's like, and th- these are the things that, you, you know, as you get more experience with all of this, you'll learn to ask these questions. Um, and this is why I shoot most projects down out of the gate because I, I don't even want to go in. There's so many conversations that need to happen that it's not worth my time because most of them after I, I know that after I talk with these people and have all these conversations, everyone's going to arrive to, at the conclusion that we're not a good fit to work together. Yeah, it's almost like you try to get them to understand that because you don't want to do client work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, client work is a giant pain. So 
all of those things, all of those factors aside, there's the other thing, like what happens after the website is built? Oh, no, no. <laughs> and, and this is, again, another reason why I shoot down a lot of the client work that comes across my table, because the, um, when a website, when you have a website, it doesn't just go up and stay up and everything's fine. There are things that happen, technology. So let's use WordPress as an example, because most of my client sites are built off of WordPress. Um, WordPress needs to get updated because security flaws get found, you know, or PHP, the code that runs behind the scenes that makes WordPress possible, you know, that's getting updated because security flaws are found and people can hack websites and stuff. So you've got um, things that are updating in the background and your plugins and your themes that are running your website. Those need to get updated in order to avoid security flaws. So people don't hack your website. Hacking websites right. is a huge thing. Like, that happens. I don't know if people realize how often it happens. It's constant. I mean, our websites on, on a daily basis have people trying to hack into them. It's it's never going to happen. It won't happen. <laughs> but it's like I get the alerts from our software constantly. Like, oh, this per you know, I'll, I'll see people rotating proxies and stuff trying to get into our site constantly. It's like, yeah. So there's a lot of upkeep to running a website. And many people who want a website don't necessarily have the technical capabilities or um, like the uh, the knowledge to do that stuff or to do it even frequently. Like they want a website up and there and then they don't ever want to look at it again or log into it. They just want to be able to send people to it. Yeah, right. You have just a business and that's your online, you know, presence. Exactly. And so the website just sits there aging, not getting updated. And then eventually if it gets hacked, what's going to happen? They're going to call you. They're going to call me. <laughs> and then, you know, they're going to want it fixed. And they're probably going to want it fixed for free because yes. they're going to think I did something wrong. It's like, well, no, you didn't update it. And eventually someone found a security flaw in the version of WordPress. You wrote, blah, 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 blah. You didn't update your site. You didn't update your site. Now give me more money. Oh. Like that conversation doesn't go over very well. Like, all right, you want me to fix your broken site? Give me more money. Well, I already paid you for the website. It's like, well, it's you, not going to work forever. It's not just you drove the car for five years. To, you know, is Ford going to fix it for you for free? No, but they don't think in those terms, you know. So on on top of like fixing problems and whatnot, uh, or or even just keeping sites updated, which should have, you know, there are ongoing costs that people aren't going to want to pay me for my time because it's like updating a website isn't like a giant technical feat. Right. It's it's fairly simple and straightforward. But so paying someone like me to do that, you're kind of wasting your money. You're probably better off paying a, a lower skilled person who's just, you know, but I don't have anyone on my Rolodex to send them to. That's like, hey, do you have a low skilled person that's perfectly capable of updating <laughs> a website? You know, so there, there's kind of a little gap there. Uh, and that's probably something I could fill. Find someone who wouldn't be expensive to like update stuff for them. But um, but yeah, anyways, when it comes to keeping the site maintained, that's an expense. When it comes to fixing problems, that's an expense. And I learned this very early on when I was a, a teenager doing websites for people that you need to discuss like maintenance contracts and stuff like that. And it just, so when you put a website up for people, it's, it's a commitment and it's like a relationship between those two people and, most people don't understand all of this nuance going into it, right? Yeah. And that is why I turned down most client work, not to mention I'm so extraordinarily busy 
with all of the like little different facets of our business. I mean, between doing our day-to-day stuff, trying to manage our team of writers and stuff, trying to find new ways for us to make money, trying to run a podcast, do live streams, make videos, like make digital products for our, like it, it's our, our task list is endless. Oh, it's massive. And, and, and data crunching. I do so much data analysis and stuff to keep our business running. And so those, like my time is consumed so much with that stuff that for someone to get me to step away from that, to work on their website, you, you're not paying me really at that point for working on the website as much as you are paying me for the time you're taking away from my business. And so that's why my prices are, and I tell my clients, I'm like, if you want to work with me, I'm very expensive. Like you can find much cheaper people. It's just, this isn't the, what the work that you really want to do. It's not. So you're going to pay me a lot to do it. And that's usually enough for most people to be disinterested. Right. And, and which is my goal. I want, if, if, you want the best price in town. I want you disinterested in working with me. I don't want your business. Right. And then the other thing that you do is you make it extremely clear. Like when somebody is asking you and getting through the price questions, you pretty much just flat out say, this is what you're going to get. Like, I, I'm going to give you this. And so it's like you kind of squash them down if they want to say, oh, I want this animation and the music and all this stuff. You pretty much right away send them an example and say, I will provide this for yep. you. And that's usually it's either a good or it's a bad, but it makes it very clear to the client exactly what they're going to get so they don't have false expectations. Yes. And I'm also or I try to be very clear that once I turn the website over to them, it is their website. I have no more involvement with it unless they pay me to be involved with it. So I try to, I, I, I try to avoid a lot of these problems so that there is a clear understanding. Okay. This is your website. You own it. You're in charge of it. If something bad happens to it, that's on you like you know it, it's not so much a, a cover my my butt as it is like to let them know that there is a lot of responsibility that's coming with this delivery and that they need to figure out what to do with it either you need to learn or you need to pay somebody and you probably don't want to be paying me because i'm going to be way too expensive for the kind of stuff that you're going to generally need call me in when things go nuclear and you're like my, the guy that I'm paying doesn't know what to do, right? you know, like that's when you call me in, but beyond that. And, and like I said, I try to be very, very forthright with all my clients. I let everyone, everyone who buys websites from me knows they are paying an extraordinary amount of money for their website, but it's because they want it done quickly. They want it done with expertise. And I think they like the way that I do business. I'm like, there's no, I don't pull any punches. I'm very straightforward. You know what you're going to get. And you know what you're going to expect out. There's not going to be surprises. And, and that's, that works to both, to both my benefit and against my benefit, right? Because there are times where I'll quote, I'll say, this is what you're getting. I'll quote the price. And then I start building it and I run into a ton of problems. And you want to know what I don't do? I don't go back to the client and say, Hey, I've run into some problems, some unexpected things. I'm going to need more money. You want to know why? Because all of that's priced in. Yep. I'm already charging a lot of money. So if an unexpected hiccup comes in, oh, it stinks for me, but you know, that's, it's, 
They don't need to hear about it. And that's a good customer experience. Never having to go back to my client and ask for more money. I will never do that to a client. And it's because of the way I do this. It makes me think of that episode from The Office when it was uh, the Michael Scott paper company. And they were uh, going they, <laughs> they were, they were going bankrupt and they didn't have enough money. And they started calling the clients and they're like, hey, you know that, that delivery that we dropped off this morning? We're actually going to need more money for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And, um, and I've heard that story from, from people like, Hey, I, I hired this guy to do a website. And then he started talking about like how my web hosting was insufficient or something, or, you know, just like a, a whole bunch and he needs more money. And it, like, no, I'm not, I'm, I don't do that. But that, that's why I also try to turn down pretty much all client work because our beautiful, lovely, wonderful, passive business is so nice to work with. It's, it's, I'm not gonna, I don't want to call it low maintenance. But it's, it's a lot lower maintenance than client than client work. Yep. And that's why I am picky about taking on clients. And that's also why I charge lots of money to clients. And I encourage you to <laughs> right? yeah, do it, do it that way. It's, it's a much better business model than like, you know, I, I read all the horror stories of like these like low paid freelancers that are just constantly scrambling for the next job. Yeah, I mean, but if you're like, I guess we're on, if, if you don't have a choice but to do client work, I think that the good advice is to weed out the really inexpensive client. Yeah, don't, like, don't take just any client because if you get those low quality clients, they are going to destroy your time. They are just going to own your time. And all you, the customer service that you're going to end up having. To do. And you're going to miss out on better clients because they are taking all of your time. You're going to have 20 clients and be like, I can't handle any more. When honestly, you probably could have handled 60 or 80 clients if you had just chosen better clients. Yeah, don't don't let low quality clients own your time and call the shots and basically run your business. Um, you know, because as long as they can wring really like cheap work out of you, they're just going to take as much of your time as they can. Why wouldn't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Avoid, avoid low quality clients, fire those clients, get better, <laughs> better clients. Obviously do what you got to do in the short term, right? Like if, if your choice is being able to like keep your home and take on a bad client, fine, take on the bad client. But the moment that you're in a better position, fire that client as soon as possible. Right. Yeah. Get away from that stuff. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode. You take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fearless Together. Make sure you subscribe and learn more at fearless.fm. That's F-E-A-R-L-S-S dot F-M. To your continued success.